Hi guys, it's Nana and Misan again. Hi. Hello, hello. I don't even know what, like, I don't even know how to start this episode, Nana. How do we start it? I don't even know. I was racking my brain. We'll, yeah, we'll just do um, an unconventional, unorthodox thing and just jump right in, I think. Okay. Boring, but fine. <laughs> Misan and Nana, um, and now Nana's going to tell us why we do the show. Yeah, so the sh- sh- show is called Hell Yeah. It's spelled H-E-A-L-L um, because in Rom speak, H-E-A is, stands for a happily ever after, and that's the way you know the true rom connoisseurs can detect what is a real romantic comedy or r- romantic uh, g- genre um, content. Exactly. Um, and the whole idea behind this podcast is that Misan and I have been friends for ages, almost two decades, if you want to get like a little more specific. <laughs> we met in college, but it wasn't until like the pandemic where we really realized that we both had this age old obsession for romance and the romance genre. Yeah. Um, and so in the early stages of the pandemic, um, as you, you know, when everybody was baking bread and working out, I was doing high intensity workouts with my jump rope. I also was like, just to like feel a little happy and a little bit of pocket of pleasure, started to really dig deep into um, romance novels and rom- rom-coms and just romance movies. And I realized that Misan was doing the same. So we decided, what the heck, why don't we do this podcast together? Um, and the whole idea is that we want to look at romance with more of a critical eye because it's oftentimes kind of dismissed as not serious. I think because it's associated with women, femmes, um, et cetera. But um, we want to take a little closer look. And so we're two badass lawyer ladies of West African descent with an African do attitude who are doing our best to make you love love as much as we do. That's right. That's a new one. Oh, wow. That's a new one. Love, love as much as we do. Mm -hmm. That's right. We do love, love here at Hell Yeah. That's our, uh, that really is our MO uh, and why we're obsessed and why we do this podcast. Thank you, Nana. Uh, No notes. Great. No notes. (laughs) Yay. Yay. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go into At First Sight. Um, And I guess I'll go first. Well, are we going to say what we're talking about today i guess we can say it first. <laughs> we're talking about sleeping with other people right nana yeah yes yes <laughs> okay and so my at first sight for sleeping with other people i was st- like i randomly stumbled upon this movie on netflix i don't know it might have been a saturday night it might have been a weeknight it might have been a- i don't know when it was exactly but it was a couple years ago like because i think this movie came out in 2015 and i think i stumbled upon it in like 2017 like two years later and I just like, I put it on. I was like, oh, I didn't expect much out of it. And I just had such a great time. I was like, why yeah. have I not heard more about this movie? It's so good. So I guess in our this season, part of our quest is to like expose people to the lesser, you know, known, more indie uh, rom-coms that are out there that came out, you know, a little bit closer in the 2010s. Um, and so, yeah, this is a great one. What about you, Nana? 
Yeah, so I I think I have a similar story, though I think I watched it a little later than you. Um, like I said, you know, 2019, 2020, I was just going deep. Like I had, I had, I had, I needed such a fix for romantic like genre stuff, and it was so hard to find. So I was just watching random things that I'd never heard of before, and I think this was one of them. I found it on Netflix, and I was delighted by it. Obviously. It's funny because I wasn't watching it with as much of a critical eye. I do have some um, more more. Pers- I have more thoughts about the characters, particularly the main dude. But otherwise, I still think it's super charming. Um, and yeah, like I loved it. And like as Misan said, um, I don't know. Like I guess I'll, I'll just jump in from this to background a little, just situating this rom com in the rom com <laughs> canon. Um, but you know. Because we are uh, academics when it comes to romance literature, we have our, <laughs> we have our tortoise shell glasses. Oh, I told, I, I mentioned we have our clackety clack working girl heels because we're she serious goes. about this. Here she um, goes. You know, there's a, a there's a wide and billowing history of rom coms, which we could start in the 1930s talkie style with it, it happened one night with Frank Capra screwball comedies. We'll work our way through the 80s, um, where I think there was a huge explosion in the like mid to late 80s where again working girl anything with diane keaton in it um when harry met sally etc 90s i think were considered the golden age of the rom-com correct me at any point if you disagree misan early 2000s were like the tail end of it this is where i would say that commercially there are probably more rom-coms than ever but the quality was starting to really (laughs) kind of dwindle i mean we had some classics like how to lose a guy in 10 days but even that one is a little derivative right like (laughs) yeah i I mean there are a lot of j-lo ones there were a lot of enjoyable ones believe me i spent a lot of high school going to the movie theaters to watch them Mm -hmm. but they they were kind of starting to become really formulaic, right? Like really formulaic. And we didn't yeah, even Yeah, they weren't sending have, their best. Like, they were not sending their best. Yeah. And um and I think like I think this is where we got the period of like the kind of stereotype of like woman who's either like owns like a bake shop or is doing an article, right? <laughs> like the, those are like made the two made jobs. Like they started to follow this very specific like super girly white woman kind of formula even j-lo let's even though she's technically not a white woman she she was playing white women most yeah, of the time just, this is ridiculous <laughs> anyway that, i mean we're going off course but I, we should do like a whole episode of the early 2000s because it's like it both gave a lot but it also i feel like spelled the end of the rom-com right but then I think oftentimes, like, people say, like, they stopped really making rom-coms after that. Or, like, you know, especially, like, Misan and I had talked about the streaming model and then, uh, and obviously, like, um, moving towards the Marvel movies and big tentpole movies. And so sort of middle range, like, moderate budget adult, like, not adult, but, like, you know, adult as in, like, grown-up people films. don't get sent like are not in theaters really anymore they're just not in theaters anymore exactly but then that means less people see them like exactly but i as i was watching this movie i realized that the 2000 teens actually even though there wasn't the same kind of explosion in theater mainstream popular rom-coms a lot of like what i like to call like cool kid rom-coms kind of came out you know what i mean and so they were oftentimes starring you know 
kind of not necessarily up and coming but comedians who are known in the world of people like comedy like people who liked comedy right and so I'm thinking of like in this movie we see a bunch of them like Jason Mansukas, uh Andrea Savage we have like an appearance from like Adam Scott who's like kind of an indie cool kid darling you know like the, the gang from like Party Down like anybody who is like in anything that was a little kind of indie comedy oriented I feel like a lot of those people started making movies like the I people like are- hipster comedy Yes, hipster era. comedy. Like Jake Johnson yeah. would be in something like yes, this. Yes, Jake. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's my boo. Oops, sorry. He is my boo-boo, by the way. Ugh. Yeah, well, we need to do I a know, whole episode. Honestly, like, it's I'm- so interesting. Like, th- this is a tangent, but whatever. Yeah, whatever just do it. What happens. But there was, like, a real contingent of black women specifically that really loved Jake Johnson, which, like, I think he's is cute. It? Is I've, it I've, true? I've noticed it on the internet. I've noticed okay. it. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's led by uh, this author I've talked about a lot, called himself a rom commissaire, Bolu Babalola. Um, okay. Babalola, sorry, Bolu Babalola. And so she like she has led that for me on Twitter. But I just like there are like people love Jake Johnson. I love him. I, I love him. They love him. Also, he's great on Minx, by the way. So I know. Yeah, and, well, and, okay. And, this and I don't want to not... spoiler alert. I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it. His love interest they... is. A black woman. I love how Minx, they gave us that little, maybe that's why they gave it to us because they know that we love it. Yeah, maybe that was like fan service because like Minx and, you know, on Minx, like when they made out, I was first like, (laughs) yes, I hadn't even gone to that part of the season, but someone put it on Twitter and it went viral. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh, I should have sent you. I should have sent you the tweet. Um, it went viral, and that was I was like, oh. and he is like real. Have you seen it yet? Because he has like he is sexy. Like his moments with her and his kind of like yeah. droopy eyes. And the, oh, oh yeah, my the god, voice. he he, he has, like, like effort. He does a good job with embodying that like seventies like sleeve. Yeah, like that idea that like the mustache, the whole sort of like the open shirt thing, like that was really like sexy at the time. I see why it was. Um, he does that really well. Also, he's a very good kisser. Yeah. He kisses rare. You could well. tell, like, uh, especially if you remember uh, you girl, that first kiss with Jess. Yeah. That's what, that kiss <laughs> that's, what that's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I do. Jake Johnson. He re- like, he has a skill as he an actor with kiss. kissing that I just, I don't know anyone that I've seen recently that has something similar. Yeah. That was a long tangent, but we just wanted to situate this because I think the a lot of the uh, I guess what I would say is like the uh, a couple common features of these type of movies is they're like really kind of blase, cool kids falling yes. in love. They're a little less saccharine. Yes. There's a little they're less treacly. Try to subvert tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there anything else you would say? Uh, and then, oh, very very like independent comedian yeah, driven. And so like. You know, like comedians that are like kind of decently known, like cult, cult. Yeah, kind of yeah, followings. they have cult, like yeah, that's exactly right, cult followings, and they, I think they also like go out of their way to be um, raunchy, like just to have a little bit more of a sense of like it's yeah, yeah it's more like sex. a lot more sex and a lot more sort of referencing it and not sort of being like opaque or like oblique references to it in a way to make it clear like the, these Great are point. like oh you know this is like real stuff and like it, it this is not your mom's rom-com basically so I like the idea yes that they yes and then I think that a lot of these movies I the joy of watching them is you always see like a million people because I feel like it's like a cool comedians and then they just throw their friends yes, into the movie yes. right and so you're like this person and this movie's like that like I'm just gonna point out some cameos Adam Brody who has a great yeah, one he's honestly he's, <laughs> he's like a, and he's adorable yeah. and he's hilarious Billy Eichner at the sex what I forgot what it's called the, the sex, like, the sex, yeah, sex anonymous. anonymous sex addicts meeting yeah 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 
Natasha Leone plays like the Fred. Also, I love how she's not a lesbian, but like she is a lesbian. I know. Do you know what I mean? I, know. I really couldn't believe in her life that she's I not. love that about yeah, Natasha. Like she just, like, she just always, I'm like, you know what? Good for you. <laughs> Natasha. She gives great lesbian she does, vibes. She does. Technically she's not, like, no. but in spirit she is. <laughs> I think her in an interview where she was like, yeah, she's not, but you know, she doesn't mind playing one on TV. I was like, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we have like we mentioned Jason Mantzoukas and Andrea Savage who are amazing I feel like they're ad-libbing a lot yeah, they're just like yeah. they're, they're yeah, awesome they're and then Adam Scott yeah so those are our like cool kid comedians that we totally, see totally totally um, cool alright so the setting you want to talk about the setting a little bit the fact that it's New York City and like what sort of like vibe that gives you yeah, and I think it's because New York City and I have a very contentious relationship. Currently, guys, so. <laughs> I really am trying to push back against it because I, I really I don't like this like Florida native narrative that we're getting about New York City. Like, how <laughs> dare you? I, Who do you think you I are? I New York City. Yeah. I yeah. heart New York City. I just think it's a very tough city to live in. Nobody would ever debate that. Um, I walk up a lot of steps all the time, and my knees hurt, and they're concrete steps, you know, things like that. I mean, you don't have to get into it. Getting groceries, challenging. A lot of things are challenging. Um, <laughs> I'm, you guys, I'm shrugging and rolling my eyes. You can't see me because this is a podcast, but all of these, all of these sounds. Rhett's. Very high. The reds are too All of this sounds like excuses for one of the greatest cities in the entire world. Anyway. But all all jokes aside, I do think New York, I love New York. And I think, you know, I have my own personal history. My dad lived here. So there was a little bit of a romanticism. Like he lived here for a long time. But I actually was thinking about this when I was thinking about the setting of this movie. Is I think a lot of my New York fascination and draw to live here came from rom-coms. Because it is like always in the best fucking rom-coms. And it's it's never just a setting. It is always like a character, Mm -hmm. right? And so we see it like in like obviously like in the 1930s or 40s. Like I won't get into like necessarily all of them but like My Man Godfrey. Um, There's just a bunch of movies that take place in New York because New York is the center of the universe and then when we're getting into like the hardcore romance era like you know annie hall we don't talk about woody allen but yes annie hall's a very good movie you know you've got mail um brown sugar and best man because i need to shout out to my black folk here breakfast at tiffany's um begin again i mean i there's just so many movies and new york is never just a you know just the place where the movie takes place. They're they're very pain. The directors often take pains to sort of, you know, immerse you in yeah. New York, and they're always showing iconic yeah. spots. And so New York tends to be like a third, like a supporting yeah, character in true. these movies. And I love that this movie does that, but it does it in the cool kid comedian way, yeah. right? And so they're like, I like I don't know why I fixated on this. I think it's because I used to hang out at this place. But like when she, um, when Lainey and um, Jake. What's his name now? Jake. Jake? <laughs> I just lost real quick because we were talking about Jake Johnson. I'm like, this is <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. When Lady and Jake meet up with his friends, it's at Pianos. Yeah. Do you remember Pianos? I Piano's do. Is Pianos still around? <laughs> I don't know if it is. I don't know. It's funny. When they came then, out, I was like, oh my God, this is peak 2015. Who didn't go to Pianos yes! in 2015 if you were in New York? Yes. Guys, that's an aside. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. So, like, we have those kind of, and then, like, you know, there's the cool kids, so they do, like, evening meetups at Dim Sum in Chinatown, yeah. you know, and all these movies, I feel like it's all New York propaganda, yeah. honestly. And it works. Like, it works on like, me. And 
it works. Right? Yeah, because it's like the, it just sh- makes the city seem so vibrant. Even the first scene we see with him, he somehow lives near Central Park because I guess. Oh yeah, because he's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. Um, <laughs> and like he's running out in the streets, and you see the bus. Everything is so iconic. Um, and then of course we have a walking and talking in Central Park scene, which I just think is like so classic, like such a yeah, rom-com. classic like a rom-com, rom-com trope. thing. And it's perfect. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, yeah. about maybe rom-coms helping to sort of seed propaganda that made me want yes. to live in New York. Because I just remember from when I was younger, I really wanted to live in New York for like a while. I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be this long, but I really wanted to live in New York. Like I was like, yeah, no, I, I think I have to do, I think it's something that everyone should do. This is when I was like in college or about to go to law school. I was like, I think living yeah. in New York is what someone, everyone should do as a young kid, like as a young person, just to try it for a little bit of person, time. Yeah. And then I've done it. And I just like, and I think part of it was really just the, uh, those scenes in the movies and how, how they're such a big part of the character of the character's lives. I don't feel that way about movies with LA. Like I think the only sort of show that it's no. done that for me with LA, LA is insecure. Like insecure has really yeah, been yes, like a love yes, letter to LA, but that. I think people are able to do with New well, York a, a lot better and a lot more sort of successfully for me anyway. I really do. I, I, I think there is something to be said about being able to use New York as a character to show, show the other, the leads in the movies, like, getting closer together or in the TV yes. shows. Because we see yes. that in Love Life too, right? Like they are able to use New York yes. in different they ways. They have a central park. Yeah, they do. That's right. Yeah, so they're able to do yeah. that as well. And I think that something, it's just an easy way. Like it's not a boring set in someone's house. It's an easy way to show people yeah. getting closer or falling apart actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Love it. So I love New York. Never really fell in love here unless I dated you and you listened to this podcast. Then I did. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to say more, but I feel like we should take this part of this, this conversation offline. <laughs> I refuse to say more unless I because I could be incriminated by what I say. So let's not. <laughs> Okay. No, just kidding. I love New York. Love everybody I dated in New York. Let's move on. Um, okay. It was very believable. It was a very believable end uh, statement. All right. So before we get into, did we talk about like who produced this movie, by the way? Um, no, I don't think we have. Yeah. So guys, before we get into the plot, which Nana's going to do, I just wanted, I just want to say, as I was watching this movie again to prep for the podcast, I saw the production credits. It, this, this movie was produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Which is I like, know. Rest in peace. I know that, that duo. Yeah, they, they've broken up now, and that was a bad breakup. So I don't think they're. It was back a bad. We, I know we're not going to get too into it, but I side with Will Ferrell. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm Team Will Ferrell as well. Actually, I agree I'm Team Will Ferrell. That was really a messed up thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and the show didn't end up even being that good. Oh, I haven't watched uh, it. Winning time. I watched it all, and it's fine. What a tangent. Another yeah, one. Sorry. But I just think it's cool. I like, think about that. Like that's to your point earlier about sort of like cool kid comedies. Like how often yes. have we heard about like. Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, you know, rest in peace to that duo, like we said. But before that, like really like doing like rom-com. So this just speaks, I yeah. think, to um, that sort of genre. And the fact that the woman that wrote this, Leslie Headlander, this was her second outing after she had Bachelorette that was like really popular among like, That's the like indie- a raunchy Yeah, comedy. like a raunchy comedy is popular on the indie set. That starred uh, Kirsten Dunst. And even, and this movie premiered at Sundance. Um, this movie, Sleeping With Other People, is a Sundance Film Festival entry. So, like, had all of that sort of, like, all those, like, bona fides, which is why I'm so sad it did not do better at the box office. But it's okay. 
that's okay. The box office, pish posh. Um, <laughs> who cares pish anymore? Posh. Streaming's yeah. king. Who, who cares about making money? <laughs> Streaming is king. Yeah. Ask Netflix. Womp womp. Okay. So. <laughs> wow. All right. You want to get into the plot? Okay. Yes. Um, So the plot, this is going to be an actual short one because not much happens in this movie. And I love it for this. Right. It starts off. We're in a dorm. We later learn it's Columbia University. So we're dealing with smarties. Mm -hmm. Um, But this girl is like desperately trying to get into this guy's dorm. This girl being Lainey played by Alison Brie. Aside, love Allison Brie. She's like, you know what I realized? She's like a more likable Anne Hathaway. She's like Anne Hathaway, but for some reason, like everybody likes her. Do you know what I mean? That's so interesting <laughs> to me because I, lo- I mean, I love Anne Hathaway. I can't. Be- oh, okay. You don't like Anne Hathaway? <laughs> uh, she's okay. She's a theater. Kid. I love she her. I love her, but I also do love Allison Brie. I like Allison. Yeah. Allison Brie doesn't like. She's a good actress, and she's like really. I think she. She's like the cool girls, like, I don't know, sort of like, you know, like maybe that's a version of Anne Hathaway that she is. Like not the. Yeah, because she doesn't try so hard, I guess. Or at least it's not obvious that she tries so hard. What's wrong with Um, trying hard? (laughs) Why do women get the thing about trying hard? Like you should try hard. And I I don't like I I really this this should be probably a separate conversation, but I really take umbrage at the fact that like people like when you can physically see people like trying hard like it's too obvious people like as human beings we're like oh there's something wrong with you like don't try so hard yeah like it's, and it's, it's a like, weird okay, human we're... psychological reaction to like sort of be like yeah How dare i don't you? like seeing the performance wow i like Ugh. to see the work same with drake. that's why i don't like and it's not sexist because you know i hate drake for the same reason i want to okay? see the work <laughs> do the work late there's this uh, gossip blog called i hate justin timberlake for the same reason yeah but justin Ugh, timberlake i hate those people well, okay well who are just so yeah justin timberlake tries hard <laughs> too hard i don't like justin timberlake either yeah i know what you mean i do i do think anne hathaway has probably calmed down from she that. has but i also she think has. it was like yes. i also think that there's this tweet i saw <laughs> are we gonna talk about this movie <laughs> we are but let me just say what i want to say there's this tweet i saw that said that like has anyone noticed that there's every few years there seems to be like one like perfectly fine white woman that is like the ritual sacrifice that basically i know it's hates. true and like just like you know shits upon basically it was anne hathaway who i don't remember who it was before that but like and they were bringing up all these examples like oh my god and then someone was like what's going on in the white community that they keep doing i know <laughs> and i'll be fair anne hathaway i'm i actually don't heavily dislike her i'm just kind of like eh. now we're gonna talk about the movie. okay literally from right. going forward it's just right. the movie okay okay so we start off with allison brie whom i like a lot um and she's like mm-hmm. kind of thirsty trying to get into this guy's door uh then there's yeah. a funny ra who doesn't want to let her in uh, that guy's a comedian too i'm forgetting his name but he's like a, uh, yeah yeah he looks familiar i just um, remember who it was either then yeah. um basically jake played by jason sudeikis slight tangent he jason sudeikis has such like a smarmy asshole vibe that does it for my coochie i don't know why and so same, the idea that he was same. playing ted lasso it's very confusing but it somehow works i don't he does such a good job as ted lasso though god i love that show but yeah no there's that he has that he it, he has that brand down high. yeah and i just say it 
for me, it also yeah, works. It works. And, you know, that's awesome. And so he's that. like, keep that. He's like, but he basically tells the RA like, oh, I know this girl. So let her in. They're having a conversation. The conversation, she reveals that she's like obsessed with, I think it's like her TA or something. Who's this guy, Matt? Yeah. I can't say the name because it's, yeah, it's Eastern European. Sobacek. <laughs> Sobacek. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then he's kind of like, uh, Jake is kind of like, oh, that guy's like, mediocre essentially there's a funny line i forgot what it was but it's like yeah oh like actually if you have, no, sex I have to read him, it, you'll be I... addicted to mediocrity or yeah something. She, no he said sleeping sleeping um with losing your virginity to uh matthew so sleeping with matthew zobachek means you'll be addicted to mediocrity for the yeah, rest of your life great lie that spoiler alert <laughs> yes i mean that is Honestly, a sick burn that was prophetic, um, that was prophetic. but yeah so they, they're just basically talking about sex or their la- their sex lives or lack thereof she's a virgin yeah he's kind of a mr know-it-all like she's like i don't know what sex is and he's kind of like sex is like your brain exploding i don't know something stupid kissing with your whole yeah. body and, and, then and she's, she's like, like it's clear you haven't had sex um and so they end up losing their virginity to each other and it's kind of cute like you know let's fast a little forward. romantic on like a rooftop it was like on a know, rooftop like one thing i'll point out about the scene that i like it is it is clearly very awkward virgin sex right um yes yes it's yes. very awkward yeah, virgin very sex well it's not pretty Fast forward, and now we see Jake as a grown man, and he's, like, I don't remember exactly how, like, he's just, like, basically fighting with his girlfriend. The fight spills onto the street. It turns out she's not his girlfriend, but this woman he's sleeping with, she says, you slept with my best friend, right? Or is it? Yeah, best friend. And he then ends up doing this, again, we'll talk about this. I, he's doing this weird, like smarter than thou mansplainy jedi mind trick manipulation Mm -hmm. which is like oh Mm -hmm. like you know you only feel this way because society has conditioned you to feel this way do you actually care about me i actually in that moment hated him like i really hated him same (laughs) yeah and i was afraid it was gonna work too yeah it was awful um it doesn't work she pushes him into ongoing traffic um and then we go back to our friend Lainey, I think. I'm not going to go in the exact order, but we now we see Lainey in a doctor's office. She's make, made an appointment. Then she goes in. She We see Adam Scott with a mustache looking very mm-hmm. non-Adam Scotty. Like, he's just so dead inside. He's almost like a robot. He did a very good job with <laughs> yeah. that. He did a very good job with that. Which, and you know, maybe Loki, this is prepar- like good uh, sort for of preparation for severance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so... Then he's like just kind of a bland doctor, but then they have sex, and I get it because he has Captain Von Trapp Dom energy, doesn't he? It was really hot. The it way he unbuttons really, her blouse, yeah, uh, and yeah, then just kind of pushes her on the table, uh, and it was like not. And then they're having sex, and it's like, and the door is open, like the, the door is open, jar, and it's not and romantic it. sex. It's like animalistic. No, it's just hot. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's just hot, but it's hot. Yeah. Um, okay, Very so hot. then. I don't know. At some point, I, I can't go the exact order. We learned that that's Matt Sobacek, and she's, like, obsessed with yeah, him. She's, she, like, talking to her friend, and Natasha she, Leon, and, like, they're basically, like, oh, sorry, continue. No, I just, yeah, I, this is the, the guy that she's cheated on her boyfriend with, like, 16 times. Yes, oh, yes. Like Thanks yeah. for the reminder, because that was when we had the Adam Brody cameo. She's breaking up with yes. her boyfriend. She says that she's cheated on him 16 times. He's like, with my brother? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a good bit, by the way. <laughs> that, was that was a great, was a great bit. bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he clearly has issues with his brother. Um, For sure. And then we later, 
But we later learn, uh, then we see the like hospital sex seat, or not the hospital, the doctor's office sex seat. We later learn that yeah. that guy is Matt, who she was trying obsessed with in college. And so it's like, yeah, girl, he was the TA. girl, like yeah. how long has this been going on? You know what I mean? Um, too many years. Yeah. And so she ends up going to uh, sex addicts, like, Anonymous, anonymous or something, or something like that. Yeah. I think there's an L in there, yeah. but Sex and Love or something. Maybe it's Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Yeah. Um, Billy Eichner yeah. does like a funny little bit. Uh, she leaves early. Then she's followed out by Jake, who is like, oh, do, do I know you? We recognize each other. We later learned that he had been watching her through it, so he definitely recognized yeah, her, right? Because then he starts commenting total... on how she was responding to the meeting, and then you're like, yeah, wait, yeah. you had been watching her. Um, yeah, you knew So that's was. the hints yeah. that like jake is i think jake has carried a torch for this girl in my personal opinion i think so too i agree i would agree with that okay so they just kind of like riff and uh chat there, you see like a good chemistry then um at some point we learn that he has like a business that he's selling to amanda pete who is like an underrated character actress because she's in everything she but she's like never a lead you know what i mean um yeah, yeah and so it turns out that he has like something that he's selling to and his business partners jason mansukas they're selling their business to like a big corporate so like he's gonna have money and that's always like at yeah. the like fringes of this movie but it's never explicit but like he has a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, yeah he's wealthy yeah he's very wealthy um he's asking out amanda pete she's like I'm not interested because i'm your boss um and me too you know um mm. <laughs> hashtag me too hud uh, but he is persistent oh, so he'll be bothering her about that for the rest of the movie um yep then allison or alice not allison uh laney and jake meet up with his friend xander played by jason mansukas and his wife Naomi, played by Andrea Savage, who are such a great comedic duo. And I've seen them in other things yeah, together. They, they have just the best comedic chemistry. Um, but they're like they're the cool married couple. Then um, they're basically like, this girl's amazing. Like, don't fuck it up. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, then as they're leaving, she's like, this isn't really. She's kind of just like this this date is weird or something like that and he's like then he does more of that smarmy jedi mind trick shit and he's like wait was this a date i oh sorry i i i I didn't think it was a date trying to make her feel insecure like yeah he he doesn't start out very well um and then he's like i have yeah he read he definitely read pickup artists like 30 times um (laughs) (laughs) and then he like or is it called the game or something like that like i don't don't even know you know what i'm talking about though right yeah i know exactly what you're talking about though the whole sort of like yeah there's a reddit community about all what works yeah i think the book was called the game uh where you like neg women and yeah you neg women anyway He's like, you want a date? I'll take you on a real date. So they get to some. They're like, basically, when they're they like, he walks through the subway, which is so New York, right? Like nobody can walk each it other is. home, but you can walk each other to the subway. Yeah. Uh, That's right. That's right. <laughs> she like, I've had many a makeout at a subway station. Have I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Oh, the train. Oh, the train. Uh, <laughs> The site for many a romance, the train stop. Oh um, gosh, their trains have seen so much. Yeah, the the trains. trains. They see a lot. Those those trains have been through a lot in the past few decades. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, they have a conversation. It basically ends up like we shouldn't, we can't really do this like romantic partner thing. But like, let's just be yeah. friends, right? Um, yeah. 
most of the movie what has happened is that we see their friendship evolve oh there's like a side mm. plot where she's like a kindergarten teacher which made me think like ooh, whatever our kids teachers doing in their personal lives that's what we like, don't want to know about because <laughs> yeah, she seems like know. she's a very good kindergarten teacher she just oh, has she, a lot yeah, of sex and like love issues yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she um, wants to go to med school so she's like taking the mcats he is like not much is going on in his life except for that he's working at this company and trying to date amanda pete as like the mm-hmm. and then oh and then her life it's like she's it's like and what we i don't know if we should talk about this now or later she has this really toxic thing with matt right and so she, like yeah. it's not just a normal obsession she like it's like she gets physically ill like when she yeah. like the thought of like him rejecting her and not being with him there's like she has such a pull towards him so this is something she's really struggling with it like made i actually yeah. watching it made me very sad um it cuz i don't even and it's interesting cuz i don't know why yeah like she, how she got so pulled in and so part of her a friendship with jake is helping her find other things to focus on besides Matthew. exactly so like that's a so that's a good chunk of how they and they have this bit where they're like okay you know i'd like on the when they're walking to the, he's walking her to the subway she was he was like yeah let's like hang out yeah and uh, she's like but there's like sexual tension so they're like oh well we need a code word yeah it gets too weird and so they have this like fun little like banter moment where they talk through what it should be and then they decide on mousetrap yeah mousetrap yeah and that comes up multiple times too yeah Um, yeah yeah, so she has like a very like i i I mean yeah so let's get into it let's get into it it's a very weird dynamic yeah Um, i mean i guess there's not much to say except for i felt like the one thing is that the movie i think it kind of alludes to her going there to therapy but the one thing issue i took with the movie was that it was kind of like oh it just like took her falling in love with another guy right but this seemed beyond like a normal crush like i think she has very very deep issues Uh, because there's like a scene where she has a panic attack when you know she like she's chasing him down somewhere um like i think it was like at the um the promenade in brooklyn or something yeah 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 maybe yeah someone was like by the water it was by the water and then like at some point she's trying to chase him down and she can't catch up with him there's i think she sees him i don't know if she sees oh he calls her when they're in central park and she doesn't answer it and then literally has a panic attack it's a very it's yeah and then like jake has to calm her yeah he has to calm her down down. there's also a scene where she is like at a party with uh and i'll get to this part of the movie but she starts dating another guy and he's like a law firm partner and then matt shows up with his wife and then she literally she's pregnant. she's pregnant and then he she like runs to the bathroom and vomits like this is beyond yeah. normal like i'm obsessed yeah. or into this guy and i feel like the movie yeah. doesn't really get into it but it's like you know yeah. like i don't know but they show you they show you but they don't like be like are you is this abusive like this talks yes like what like all of this sort of stuff but like there it's clear that matt matthew like really has like a hold. he has a hold and on he knows her. he has a hold on her like i don't and think he's very like, fine with it and there's yeah. not a lot of love in that. I, I it, it's really yeah. messed. I, I thought it was like borderline abusive at the very least. Yeah. Toxic. Um, yeah. It was okay. Toxic. So back to the bouncy rom coms. <laughs> but if this you is or a, anybody this is you know is in a toxic doesn't... relationship, call a professional. Do not talk to us. <laughs> no, yeah, we're not, we're not. We can't help you. But I do think the movie does a good job. This is part of the thing, like we were talking about before, like. It's not your typical bouncy rom-com. So it has like all of these different sort of like storylines and plots all being weaved together and does like a decent job of like 
handling all the threads, I think, in a way I that, do. Answer, that draws yeah. you in. Yeah. yeah, I think my one thing about the toxic relationship, though, is that kind of, and I get it that you maybe you don't want to get too into it, but I feel like the movie kind of treated it like, oh, she has this, like, crazy obsession with this guy, but I actually think it's because I've been obsessed with many a man, and it never gets to that, right? Like, there was something serious going on, and then she just kind of, like, falls yeah. in love with Jake is, and, and is okay, but I'm hoping she's doing a lot of therapy in the epilogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think she was doing therapy. Her therapist told her she had a love addiction. Yeah, so, she yeah, did. So, like, yeah. hopefully continues to do it. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, okay, so yeah, they're good friends. Jake is like clearly trying, starting to fall in love with Lainey, and I think like yeah. the movie does a good job of showing different perspectives. But like we really get the Jake perspective on the like I think he's the one who starts falling in love first. There's some fun. Yeah, I can see that. I'm just gonna point it out. It's not that plot specific. There's a great scene where he's like showing her how to finger herself on a bottle. I took issue with the fact yeah. that it's like it takes a man to show a woman how to like love her like experience her body i, I didn't, I didn't I like didn't that i love that but <laughs> I didn't you know like that. for some women that might be the case yeah. man but yeah but i mean i can't believe he had to like mansplain exactly her how to masturbate you know so that was very interesting but i have to say like if it takes someone having to explain to you a man having to explain to you how to masturbate maybe that says something deeper about how that's like true. female masturbation is treated and female pleasure that is true to so maybe that's really not Lainey or Jake's fault. Yeah. Is that a deeper problem with like how sex for women is socialized for them to be for female pleasure to be You're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. But again, yeah. we have to listen to him mansplain yet another thing, which is female pleasure. I but I but I have to say though, that was awesome. It was so I mean, hot. I, also, like, I will I never really look at a bottle the same way because it actually works. I know because it, it was, actually works. It, <laughs> Like it's it's like that it's almost true to life, you know what I mean? It really I can I really I couldn't believe it. Who have like <laughs> Leslie Headlander, God bless you God for writing that, bless honestly. You. Like cause that your mind, your mind. I know. Yeah. Again, this doesn't further the plot necessarily. I just felt like we needed to spend a little time on that scene because But also this shows the level of comfort that they start yes. having with each other though, right? Like because they're each other's best friends. Yes. Like they have these people that have been like Natasha Leo and was like, you know, Lainey's friend, Jason Matsukas' character is Jake's friend. Uh, and those would have been like the sort of like rom-com you know, side character best friends. Yeah, rom-com side character, which is the best friend. But they generally become each other's best friend. I just have to call out another scene. I'm sorry, Nana. This means your plot summary is not gonna, is yeah, gonna be longer fine. than you anticipated. But like when they decide they're gonna like become friends, she takes him to Journal while she's trying yeah, on lingerie oh after God. they've done the mousetrap. Yeah. I'm like, Lainey, you know you what you're know doing. what you're doing. She comes out in like this like set. She looks so she looks hot. hot. It's ridiculous. She has, it makes me feel like I need to get my lingerie game up. You know, like period. Yeah, my lingerie it's like game all is, like period panties, like a couple strap, strapless bras. My lingerie game is like <laughs> atrocious. And I really do think as women of a certain age, yeah. and I, you know, I feel like it's probably time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, she looked amazing. She had like the little garter, Incredible. like the whole garter belt. Yeah, or not a garter so belt. Hot. Little, um, what do you call those? The suspender thingies that you clip the. Oh, yeah. It's like. I see. I don't yeah. know. We need to, we need, we need to not, this I mean, is, maybe I need to learn my body a little more, but I definitely need to learn my lingerie, how to accentuate my yeah. body more. And it's exactly, I do wonder if that was product placement for Journal though. I do wonder maybe. about that because it's not, maybe. it's not really on I, brand though for the movie. No, it's no, not, it's not on brand for the movie. So I wonder, I don't know. Is there interesting? I've been to that Journal and Journal has great lingerie. How much is it though? Like how much would a set be? It's expensive. Yeah. Like a set would be like over a hundred dollars, like maybe two something. Yeah. I, think. I mean, the last for I the checked. right man, maybe I would. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna call you out there, but I'm not going to. So anyway, so moving on. Um, so there's that great scene. Then there's another fun scene when they're he's helping her buy a TV. Yeah. Right. And they're going back and forth. At, like he's telling her about a date that he just had. You know, he's like, oh, I just. Which this is also. Oh, the he's black like, woman. Yeah. Let's actually let's park here a second because. Yes. <laughs> this is just like a free rage Miles Davis, like you know. <laughs> This is like bitches brew. There, no, no, there are no rules. There's this no, is our podcast. There's like no. Who is going to give us rules? We decide. Yeah. This is free for because uh, I thought this was like, uh, this is like, that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is a white people's movie. Very. Very. Oh, Lord. And I think they thought they were being like yes. that sort of thing where they thought they were being edgy. Yes. But I was like, you're making this so weird. Because he's like, he's like, OK, so I, you know, this I went on this date with this woman. She's black. She's like, and then she was like, well, why did you say she was black? Mm-hmm. Because that's a description that you should probably, sh- I don't understand. Like, why are you making it weird about him saying she's a black woman? He went on a date with a black woman. You know, I could see like either side but she was like oh racist you don't have to uh, yeah there was out. like is riffing, it racist they were riffing and yeah kind of like, she was like i know they're riffing because i don't think she was actually she was like racist but kind of teasing him but like no of course not no she was like it was like it was like it was funny like they were like you yeah know, sort of, like but, they were trying to be funny they were riffing at each other but like as a black woman i was like yeah you know what it did I don't know, it this- took me out a little because i was like oh you're like this is like maybe unintentionally really otherizing this black woman exactly. and, and then i was like exactly. i'm that other so this movie is about white people for white people you know like there's like a moment like yeah that. no that's that's sort of what it was because otherwise it would have like if he just gone with that yeah. and I, I can i really can see the writers like being like oh this will like this will really land well it's so funny yeah but again and, it's and like white writers, people like- talking to white people being like ha 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 look how edgy we could be about race and in Listen, yeah. in that is the assumption that like black people are like not a part of this viewer experience. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was so weird. But I will say when they talked about when like going on dates and he was like trying not to lead with sex because he uses sex, you know, as a way to sort of chase away intimacy. Yeah. That's his whole thing. We'll get back that more into that when we talk about the characters a bit, although we've already talked about the characters. Maybe we won't do that. Um, so he tries not to have sex with her. And so finally the woman's, I don't remember the woman's name. Tia. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And her hair was fantastic. Yeah great hair um and she was like what like what are we doing and so then they have like super hot super sex. hot that was sex great, yeah that was very hot that was yeah very hot sexy, yeah honestly. her body was hey ridiculous. do black women are black women as adjacent to dacus or is that just us can you go explore twitter and see <laughs> go look at twitter. I, I i don't i i think it's just us, I think it's just <laughs> us. which is so funny because jake johnson the jake johnson thing has like does not capture me uh, but Jason Sudeikis, you know, there we go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, so they're, <laughs> let's just move this along. Really comfortable with each okay, other. Okay, so the Paul, so, yeah, so they're really comfortable with each other. So why I wanted to bring that up is because during that scene, they're helping her buy a TV, so they're going back and forth on their dates. And then the guy that's helping them, one of the store employees, was like, I just want to say that you guys are, like, the coolest married couple we've ever seen. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's that sort of thing that you do when there's a couple and, like, a ro- and they're not yet, like, dating. So I'm going, oh, wow, you your husband is really handsome, or you and your wife are such a fun pair like you see that in like movies like to be like hey guys you're supposed to be together yeah exactly um and so he tells that the guy tells him that he's like oh me and our like everyone here thinks you guys are the coolest married couple we've seen and they're like oh wow thank you yeah they like just go with it and they're just that was yeah they're getting like a lot of signals from the world that like 
with yeah, like Xander's yeah. friends are constantly like Xander or sorry not Xander's friends Jake's friends are constantly like what's going Jake's on friends Xander and Naomi yeah. Are like yeah um, and Xander's like you should bring Lainey to my kid's birthday party like all that sort yeah. of stuff yeah okay so at the kid's birthday party they're on Molly I think um, and they're yeah super, they're rolling they're, on they're Molly they're super yeah. high or whatever you say when people are on Molly um, <laughs> and he was like like they and this is again you get to see them just kind of being kids and friends together there's a scene where she's like teaching these kids how to dance to calm them down one you see that she's a very good teacher which i just think is a good teacher yeah um because it's like i like that the movie added that in because like i felt like she's kind of a mess in her personal life but to like kind of show this other side of her was like really sort of i I thought gratifying um yeah two um they like make her look really hot and you can tell jake is like so into it and at some point like mark mark blucas this character named like actors mark blucas he's playing chris smith um is kind of like yeah. who's that and xander's like oh that's like uh jake's friend laney he really wants to fuck her so it's just also like it's yeah. so clear to everybody yeah. that jake is like really yeah. it's a lady um yeah so yeah chris smith asked laney out um jake is like very jealous and the thing and this is where we notice in their relationship because i think um when laney later on is talking to him about chris smith and he's just being snide and whatever again it's like another rom-com would just have them like dancing around the topic and he's kind of mm-hmm. it's like he's like am i falling in love with her and her you know being oblivious you know they would drag that out this yeah. one she's like you know i need to like like they it's like they implicitly recognize what's happening she's like i need to be able to talk yeah. to you about these kind of things you know um yeah. and so they know that they're into each other they know they have this weird thing yeah. going on and at some yeah. point in the movie she's even like you know we're not dating but we're dating you know <laughs> like yeah like we're in a relationship, relationship yeah. yeah um and so Chris Smith is just like uh, almost like a red herring. Like he shows up like yeah. a couple. She has like good sex with him, and that this is the scene where so she has good sex with him. Um, he she she has him do the DJ thing, the scratch, yeah, the dirty DJ, the dirty move. DJ, which yeah. is like some like clitoral stimulation taught by our resident sex women's pleasure expert um, Jake. Yeah, so then um, he gets upset. That so she he gets jealous and upset. <laughs> And then uh, she's like, I don't get mad when you take people to this place for dim sum. And he's yeah. like, is this our place for dim sum? So then they both, like, sort of are like, yeah, yeah it's all very clear. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and then, uh, you know, and Jake, again, he, we'll t- talk about it a little, but he's just very upfront that he cares deeply about um, Lainey. Um, okay, so she and Chris Smith are at that, like, law firm partner party. Matt shows yeah. up. That she has like a panic attack when she sees him, his wife who's pregnant. She's trying to call Jake, but Jake is like having sex with Amanda Pete. Oh, meanwhile, when he's having sex with Amanda Pete, whose name is he calling? Lainey. Uh, the man is in love with Lainey. <laughs> um, so he's, but he's not there to answer her call. He goes back to his place. He sees her waiting on the doorstep. He leads her upstairs. In another movie, this would be like the sexy, sexy. Oh, this is when they finally have sex scene right not this movie what happens is he very sexually takes her shoes and coat off but then puts her to bed in this like tender friendly way and they're just like Mm -hmm. lying next to each other and this is a moment i don't want to spend too much time here but we'll talk about it she says like are we in love and he's like yeah uh i it's heart-wrenching for me we'll discuss later um yeah they just kind of make the decision that I guess because they fuck things up romantically and they don't want to fuck up their friendship that they 
they've addressed it. They brought it to the forefront, but they're not going to do anything about it. So we a little yeah. while later, Lainey is moving to Michigan because she got into med school. He's hard as breaking, but he's like moved on with Amanda Peet's character, Paula, who's a single mom. Yeah. We see him. He becomes like a stepdad. He becomes like a stepdad figure. figure. He's doing really great in life. Everything is going well. Then he and Amanda Peet are at brunch. Um, her character's name is Paula. Paula, yeah. Her character. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm just going to call him Amanda, Amanda Pete. Pete. Yeah. yeah, that's more interesting. Um, yeah, 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 so he and Amanda, uh, he and Paula are at brunch, <laughs> I think, at Le Monde or something like that. And then... Um... Yeah, it was. I, yeah, I was like, oh my God, I can't remember the last time I went to Le Monde. Like, that's a very, like, again, to the point about, like, big sort of, like, this is New York City yeah. workers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then he, they're, like, kind of having a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. We're so, like, boring, and it's Saturday, and, you know, we're a couple. Then he sees Matt. He beats the shit out of Matt. Um, yeah, like, he, like, just goes out just of his goes head. crazy. And then he says, yeah. that's for, like, messing with my girl or something like that. Amanda yeah, Pete yeah, hears exactly. that and is like, I can't do this anymore. He's in exactly. the police station. Like a white man, he was taken unharmed to the police station. Is like hanging. <laughs> he's he hanging out, like out of the bar. Like he's just hanging out, like at their little desks or whatever, making his call. Um, then he, he calls her, uh, Lainey and tells her he loves her. Lainey reciprocates. They're screaming like a white man. He's running around with the phone, saying he's not sitting down. The police do very little to apprehend him. He is unharmed. Yeah. <laughs> Red in her <laughs> Sorry. I have to add that in. Through a black lens, that shit is crazy. So <laughs> wild. He's like having a whole like he really and he, she's he's like using the phone as a weapon yeah. to ward them yes. off of him. And she's like, Oh, don't hurt any more people. And then what's interesting is that Sovacek sees it. Yeah, and he hears and, like, and he hears it. And and he hears it and then he realizes like because he's like, Elaine, Elaine. Yeah, and she's on speakerphone. Um, so, yeah, and he's like Yeah, so then and then and she Sobacek and she like, starts saying, Oh, like I love you, and so Sobacek hears all yeah. that. And um And he's not happy. Is it Sobacek or Sobovich? Something like that. No, it's no it's Sobacek. It's Sobacek. I remember because I, I had to listen. Like it's spelled like Sobacek Sobovich or Sovichik, but it's Sobacek. Okay. I remember because I looked it up. Okay. Because I couldn't believe why they were pronouncing it that way. Okay. <laughs> um and so then we get like kind of the epilogue where like Sobacek is like such a dick and he's well okay it's fair he's suing this guy because his wife went into labor at the time it was very distressful uh, yeah and he was supposed to and he was supposed to deliver this which is also kind of weird yes to deliver his wife Ugh, the baby weird. and so then he couldn't because he was at the police station all that sort of yeah, stuff. yeah but yeah. i will say that i think that the reason why he was like being very vindictive was because he knew that this is the guy that like basically broke laney his hold over laney right i agree and completely yeah totally and so he like won't drop the suit laney comes by basically blackmails him like I'll tell your wife that uh, that entire time you guys were dating, we were fucking. And not even that though. She what? What I thought was interesting. She said that like all the things that you do with me, you. I'm, you was, she like yeah, it was rehearsed that, with like, me I, basically. Yeah, yeah. So like I hate. I think she'd hate to know that you like were practicing on me before going to her. Yeah, and then he was. Yeah, basically. Um, so. And yeah. so then we, it's implied that he's going to drop the charges slash lawsuit or whatever. So Jake, like a white man, walks for brutally, <laughs> brutally beating up someone in public. Walks free walks and gets free. everything. And then we see that they're going to go get married. Like she puts on like a veil. He has her yeah. bouquet. And he was like, oh, I booked us a flight uh, back to Michigan. She's in med school at Michigan. And she's like, oh, yeah, I have an exam. So they do this whole thing um, where they're like, getting married like deciding to like really yeah, go for so it then all the we ways get, it was so interesting we get like such a like a 
I don't want to use the word cliche because I don't think it's negative. But at the end of the day, for all its subversion, for all its raunchiness, for all its breaking tropes, we get the ultimate rom-com trope, which is not just an HEA, an HEA in marriage, right? And so, yeah. like, at the end of the, you know, like... Loved it. Yeah. I loved it because I wasn't so, expecting it. Yeah, so we it. get them getting married. <laughs> um, the other thing that I thought was cool, because he, I, at first when he was like, come back, come back, I was like, wait, so is she going to give up med school? Like, what's happening? But she's going to return, yeah. take her exams. Hopefully she finishes med school. I'd love to see. I think she finished. I yeah. think she finishes med school. I think she finished. Because he doesn't have to be, like... In New York, he can work remotely and go back and forth. That's I think true. So that. I hope that happens. Then we have a post-credit sequence. Andrea Savage and Jason Mansukas just riffing the fuck out of it. Hilarious. Love them. Boom. We're done. That was a very long plot recap. I really thought it was going to be shorter. I blame Nissan. Continue. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take, I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. Just one thing I want to add um, at the end scene, like they do this, like, uh, so Jake and Leia do this whole sort of like their whole, because part of what's really great about them, and we'll get into it later, is their great banter. But they do the whole thing where they're like, you realize you lost our virginity to each other and we're getting married again before we, we're getting married before we have sex again. Yeah. And so then they're like, oh, wow, that's so crazy. Look at us. And then suddenly they like, they like make out, which is a good kiss. They kiss for a little bit, like on the street by the park. And then they're like, and he's like, oh, I got the hotel room at the plaza, actually. So that's going to be like our honeymoon. And they're like, oh, you know, we should go fuck there first before we get married. So we just need like a couple hours. So I thought that was also like yeah. the sort of like, yeah, it's the cliche sort of ending, but it's a little bit like with a little bit of an edge, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So I think that. Do we even need to get into the characters? Though? I mean, they're probably not. I, yeah. The one thing that I do want to point out about um, Lainey, a couple just things is that because this is something I was thinking about, especially after watching um, which Four Weddings and a Funeral, we're having like our promiscuous leading lady kind of moment here. And so yeah, like, I, I, I felt like it wasn't clear if the movie, like, because there is a question like, is are they trying to depict her as a whore? Is, is it, it, or like, how do I say this? She had a lot of sex, but only with one guy, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think she did feel like a horror complex or because she had been, he was married, right? I think that's what like seeing the um, pregnant wife did. It's a kind of put it all yeah. in sort of focus for her, right? And she's like, I'm that yeah. woman. And so I, I just feel like she's like an interesting sort of, She's like an interest. She's a set of contradictions because on one hand she's like the home wrecking whore. On the other hand, she has very limited sexual experience, right? She doesn't even yeah. know. and and so she she's having a lot of sex, but not in a way that she, she really owns, and she doesn't own her sexuality or own her body or own anything. Yeah. And so I just found yeah. that like to be an interesting facet of her character. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's true. I will. See, yeah, I like. I think. You know, Adam Brody's character calls her a whore. Yeah, which I, I was like, whore, I know, whore, I hated which that. Which was, was part of, which is part of the bit, yeah. so it was not great. Um, I, but it was interesting. It's just, like, I, I think Jake Call says, like, you know what? Like, it's clear that you have issues, like, like daddy issues, something like that. And, like, men want to solve that with their penis, essentially. Like, I, I right now want to solve that with my penis. So I thought that was an interesting sort of um, a way to talk about the issues that she has or how she presents. Like, she has this, like, weird sense of like vulnerability yeah. like she needs to be rescued yeah but also is also like very strong and like very sort of like goal oriented and like like you mentioned before good at her job and also just like a like a likable cool person that you would want to be friends with but would always have like really crazy stories until she finally settles down with you know with jake so i thought i i guess like all human beings she like i think it does a good job of showing like she's just not one type of one stock character mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't try to have 
doesn't try to do like it's just she's just a bunch of different things like human beings are like we're not all one thing like we present as different area we have all sorts of contradictions you like we all contain like all sorts of multitudes so the movie does a good job of doing that to make her feel authentic yeah and i think another movie would have just made her like a reformed horror but like she's just yeah like, very you know like i mean and it also just shows like sexuality as like it's sexuality isn't always empowering it's not always like sort of destructive like you know it's yeah. not always like sometimes it's just it's just what it is yeah it's just and like the, her like her need for sex was tied to her need for feeling loved and uh, uh, like approbation from this matthew guy right so i just thought it was like yeah. an interesting um she's like a very interesting protagonist because she doesn't quite fit the madonna or the whore right she's kind of just like yeah, a mix of both yeah. and then the other thing i think i just wanted to point out about jake i don't know if we're going to talk about it later so i just want to do it now i think jason sudeikis does a phenomenal job with this character because he mm. really starts off smarmy he's smarmy for a lot of the movie even towards the end right yeah. like the way yeah, he, he behaves towards matthew but there is this vulnerability and his openness with Lainey that is like just like we love to see it in the romance community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like yeah. there's just a couple moments I want to highlight because like that moment in bed where he, you know, OK, well, a couple first when he she's like kind of like, are we in a, we're not this is weird, this thing we're doing um, and he, you're acting weird, you're acting jealous. And he's just kind of like I you're going to Michigan and I don't want you to, and I feel like I have no right to. And so there's this, like, little breakdown to you see. To ask you to stay. Yeah, to ask yeah, you to stay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I have no right to ask you to stay. He, just, like, these little touches. And then in bed, when she's like, are we in love with each other? He doesn't say anything. He just is, his eyes are, like, open like puppy dog eyes. You can see his entire and he heart like breaking. Nods. And he just nods very slowly, you know? And then, oh, and, then and, and then the moment when she's like, what are we going to do about it? And he shrugs. And in that shrug is such, like, there's a resignation. There is, like, mm. a, like, his just heart is, you know, like, and so I, I just really wanted to shout out how he yeah. never, like, he doesn't, he's not totally reformed. It's more so that we're just seeing, like, cracks to what was always there, right? Like, he was that, yeah. like, like we later learned that he, like, had been saving himself to lose his virginity, then he lost it to Lainey. So there was so much more significance yeah. in that encounter than he originally let on, right? And so there's, like, this mm -hmm. guy under the surface that, for whatever reason, he has all this, like, pickup artists like like facade but like we see that cracking in all these different ways and and i and i just wanted to point out and i think we said that i love how the movie they don't play, he doesn't play games when it comes to her like he is mm -hmm. very it's very clear in the beginning she's my best friend hands down nothing then he's yeah. like realizes he loves her and there i i lo i love when movies like just kind of leave that alone and like yeah. are honest about the feelings that our characters have for each other. So that's like, even when he calls her baby, when she's having yes, a panic attack, yes. so calls her. Um, and so he calls her baby twice and then they're in back in her apartment and she's like, are we going to ever talk about this? You called me baby. And then he's like, yeah and so he just like but you can see like he's so like terrified of like this love like moment of vulnerability that he has to have because it's not something he does but he doesn't shy away from it he doesn't shy he, like, that's does, it he doesn't shy he, away like, from he it he meets the moment where it is because it's yes. Lainey the person yes. that he has come to treasure so much and he tells her like listen you know this is such a great this is this really I don't remember the lines but like this relationship is so important to me essentially and I've like I've like screwed up so many I don't want to screw this up so I think we have to leave it where it is and it's just so very like upfront yeah you know and straightforward in a way that a man like him really hasn't been with other women but he does it for Lainey you know yeah and I do like how the movie I don't think like 
because there is this very much like a reformed rake trope and i don't think the movie yeah. like is very simple right like it's just like two very it's kind of like love life right two very messy people who found each mm-hmm. other and i don't think yeah. and i and one thing i really like about laney and his laney one and his relationship is like laney is not like the cool girl and so she's constantly calling him out on his like the way he treats women right and so it's yeah. she's like nice neg or something like that <laughs> or like you know what i mean yeah yeah um, yeah but and oh, there's like, sorry, there's just a great line where she's like, uh, what should I call it? She's like, don't gaslight me with SAT words and sliding scale morality, which like perfectly yeah. encompasses him. But I think what That's I like exactly about it right. is that it's like Lainey's very honest about who she is. She's not like they don't try to undermine these other women and say like they are not special enough or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. his behavior is just abominable, but he's just somehow yeah. able to like put it aside and kind of work through his shit when he's with like when he's in love with Lainey, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so I guess we can switch to the themes now. We sort of are. We already talked about um, her weird relationship with Matthew. Yeah. So, like, because I, I wanted it to, I thought it was, like, the toxic ex, the one that got away that she can't get sort of get rid of. And I do like that the movie doesn't um, doesn't diminish that sort of, like, how sort of important that relationship has been to her for many years, even as she has her relationship with jake as it's evolving like she's still freaking out she's like panicking like all that sort of stuff and i think you're right that it does point to something deeper and a bit darker than the movie like spends time on yeah but i just thought that was interesting how that remains you know right there like and even like just the way the movie treats relationships in general other relationships besides the ones that our two leads have yeah. i just I, I really thought it was very it was it's like it's like real life it's like kind of like i really feel like this is almost a precursor in certain ways to like love life because of all the messiness and like the fact that there's no like clean things just don't end up always like cleanly and neatly like the way you like to see it in like with movie magic yeah i like that the movie she makes that clear how like real life it is yeah i okay yeah yeah, I mean, Nada completely agrees with me, guys. I so, do. Like, I completely like, agree. Like, well, we can't go, we can't go wrong. You know, we're right here. Uh, what's the next thing? Um, I, I think we already talked about this a little bit. Like, they because we, we do like it's interesting because it's like they lose their virginity to each other, then they become really, really good friends. Um, so it's like lovers to friends instead of friends to lovers. So it's like lovers to friends, sort of, and then to lovers because they get married at the end. Um, but something I wanted to spend a little bit more time on is like how is it that they become like so comfortable with each other so quickly like I don't understand what it is like it just like they fall into this rhythm and then just gets deeper and deeper and deeper as we see through the movie yeah I think part of it is that they are both two people who are very open about their flaws and so you know how we're talking about performance with Anne Hathaway I'm gonna bring it back yeah I think that what (laughs) (laughs) I think that what it makes them fall so deeply in love with each other is that they there's not really a lot of performance they don't feel like they have to do it right and so Like, yeah. even with him doing his smarmy pickup artist thing, he, he, like, that's a little bit of a performance, but she, like, immediately kind of calls him out on it. And so he knows, mm. like, he knows that she sees the performance, right? And so that, like, yeah. He, yeah. He, there's this level of comfort in that, like, right? And I think that oftentimes, like, a big fear of falling in love or is you're afraid that, like, if someone sees who you truly are, they're just not they're they won't not gonna, like you anymore. they won't like you yeah. and that's like a deep form of rejection to because to bear who you truly yeah. are and then that be rejected is like devastating right and so then you have to revert to mm-hmm. performance because you think the performance is the only thing that resonates with people right and i think with these yeah. two because they can show 
who they are very quickly because they're both honest being like we're messy as fuck and we're not trying to impress yeah. each other because we're not trying to date each other because that they they could like bear their true selves and that they kept sticking around and like you know that's like at, like affirming and who they are right like this person yeah, loves me totally. and like who i am is, is still like lovable for this other person and I think that made the relationship really easy and I also think unfortunately not fortunately but unfortunately in their minds it like made them very vulnerable to falling in love and like that's like a whole nother level of um vulnerability yeah because like we say this constantly but like vulnerability like part of the love like how love forms is vulnerability and the willingness to do that and like yeah you're exactly right that they do that yeah I, I don't think I thought of it that way but that that's a great explanation for how it's able for them to just like bond so like neatly and tightly like to the point that even when they're with other partners they're talking as no matter how uncomfortable might make you know Jake's character they're talking about it they're going through it and it's not like oh like it's bad sex with Sobachek and it's bad sex with Paula and bad sex with you know Chris Smith it's not any of that so it's not the sort of that trope where and this is like you know like um a good way where the movie does like a tropes or version but it's not the thing where like oh you're only going to have good sex with your one yeah. true love. Like, Everybody else is underwhelming, some, you know? Yeah, everyone else is going to underwhelm me. It's like, no, like, that's not how real life works. And I like that that is, it's not, they're not having, you know, encounters or relationships with people that are bad or whatever. It's just like, it's not who their fit is. That's yeah. That's the person that they found, you know? Yeah, and then even back to performance, like, when you see um, Jake with Paula and it's going so well, right? But yeah. there, and she even says, "You're playing house with me and my son, right?" He's play acting yeah. at a respo- as a responsible adult. He's not really being himself. He's like being like, "I'm yeah. at a place in life where, like, now I have this great woman, and there's a kid, and like, I, and I'm not saying this is what I need to. This do. is what I need to yeah. do, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I do think there is a again a level of like pageantry, right? And yeah. uh, Paula calls him out on that, and I think with. But then you see the juxtaposition with when he's with Lainey, and it's just he's yeah. totally himself, you know. Um, yeah, and, it's just natural. Like, and I think when they do, or if they do have kids and all that stuff, it's going to be kind of in an Andrea, or not Andrea, like a Naomi Xander way, yeah, where they're like yeah, Xander, where way, they're yeah. truly themselves at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and love, not to be cheesy, but love means being able to be yourself with somebody, like in all of those ways, like you said earlier. And not worrying about like that level of rejection yeah. because they're like, oh, like who I really am isn't what you want. Um, so let me be who I think you want. But there's only so long you can do a performance for. And we see how like, you know, Jake's face like slips, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the character he's been playing and he's been doing such a good job because, you know, Paula at that brunch is like, who are you? Yeah, you exactly. Like, a, you know, he she's like. Like, I didn't even know you could do this. He's like, and he says, oh, well, I think I, I got so used to playing bad, but it doesn't know I, like, you know, doesn't mean I didn't know how to be good. And, like, that seems great and all. But then he sees Sobachek and he, like, loses it. Yeah. Like, his mask completely slips. And that's, like, that's, like, when she tells him in the car, when she's not going to bail him out when he's in the cop car, like, she's like, you're, like, two different people. And I hope you sort of reconcile that. Yeah. yeah, and that's to more to your point of the 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 play acting the pageantry that he's doing with her to be a good partner. Yeah, I will say though that now as you're talking, it does beg the question like okay, because there's like you can see something through a rom-com lens or see it through like another lens, right? And I wonder yeah. like okay, so when 
Jake is with Paula, like arguably he's like a better version of himself, right? And then when the mask slip, yeah. he's like beating the shit out of the guy. If like he is in a relationship which allows him to be even the worst version of himself, in the end, is that a net positive? Do you know what I mean? So like I do wonder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like is Jake Laney are they are we gonna see the best versions of Jake and Laney when they're together? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a fair point. I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know that they've seen the worst of each other. So like hopefully that they decide that each the partner that they have that they're in love with deserves who they are at their best. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like hope like and I, I do think that these are two characters that seem to have that um approach or mentality yeah uh but yeah and then oh also God. clearly we yeah and then we see and, we, and, and and arguably we see better parts of jake in the sense that he can be vulnerable that he can be loving because yeah. uh, you know so it, it, it i guess it comes back to the messiness of it all right like yeah yeah <laughs> very messy but to but you know to the whole point like his whole shtick is like he uses sex to you know sort of ward off intimacy and not being vulnerable with someone. And so they didn't have that, you know, to, as he didn't have that as the barrier. So he was able to really like get into a, like a deeper sort of connection with her. Also, yeah. this movie is so horny. Good God. This yes. is horny. I think oh, this, is a, this is the horniest movie we've ever done. I realize Is that. it? Like, I we think should, it might we should, be. I mean, we should in get terms, into hornier movies then. And yeah, clear. I, cause I really, cause as I was watching like, Every sex scene I thought was a hit, frankly. Yeah, that's true. This I thought every sex scene hit, hit after hit after hit. (laughs) (laughs) But what I I think, and what I liked, it didn't feel like they were being gratuitous. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It didn't feel to me like they were using, like, uh, sex to sort of, like, shock and titillate. It made sense in the context of where the characters were in the movie with whoever they were having sex with. So that I also really enjoyed, so... So horny, yeah, though. and horny. also like, like okay, on the um, what's her name side, Lainey's side, she was having Lainey. quote unquote good sex, but it was a good sex because it was like killing her emotionally every single time. You know what I mean? So it was like hot yeah. sex rather, and, yeah. but like, and so yeah. I think that's part of the movie why it didn't feel gratuitous because we're showing the emotional ramifications of the sex she was having, right? And then mm-hmm. on his side, mm-hmm. he's having like quote unquote great sex with all these different women, and then he's coming back and feeling a little like empty and confused and he doesn't know who he is yeah. and he is like madly yeah. in love and wanting to fuck this woman who he cares about but you know and so I think that's why it works it's because it doesn't necessarily like it's this is like this isn't a movie that's just glorifying sex and like kind of like don't you wish you were having the sex it's kind of showing mm-hmm. how like there's like so much about sex and love beyond just like orgasms and fun sex yeah right? yeah exactly totally that's yeah very very good that's very very good um so interesting and but meanwhile we don't see them have sex until uh, un- un- we don't see them have other sex. than yeah. yeah other than their awkward virgin sort of sex that you pointed out to earlier that they have in the beginning of the movie but then after that it's like plat- platonic in quotes yeah. but the sexual tension is like crackling it's crackling each time yeah, yeah. And like even as it's you, like the anticipation makes it even like better. The anticipation yeah. makes it hot. I also think that like maybe it's intentional, right? Because if it is all about them showing their kind of like bared down, vulnerable, worst versions of themselves, like they like because every time you have sex with another part, there's like a little bit of performance, right? Like you're like I'm doing this and I'm gonna be sexy and I'm gonna please you, right? Like as you have sex yeah. more and more, your first time yeah. is when you're at your worst, right? And they both yeah. saw each other, so even as they grew as sexual beings with like different sexual partners, like they will always come back to like, and it's kind of beautiful, right? Like they would have always 
been the ones who saw each other at their like not knowing anything not being able mm-hmm. to do the performance of sex not you know and so I think which that's goes back to the point of them seeing each other like every aspect of each other like who they are like at yeah. their worst at their best and all of that and so being able to grow from that you're right it's there's something very uh poetic about it actually. yeah I think so yeah all right. And then something that a line that really stuck me when we talk about them, you know, telling each other that they love each other um, when they're both in bed, like, you know, facing each other in this like moment of real vulnerability. And he says, I love you for free. I don't know why that hit me, man. That hit me. You know what it is? I love you for free. I feel like it's like a more intelligible version of like, you know, the movie love story, how it's like being in love means never having to say you're sorry, which has never made yeah. sense to me. But it's this not feels... true. Ali McGraw. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. Ali McGraw at all. Not it doesn't true, make Ali. sense at all. But, and I mean, I'm not saying this is the exact same thing, but it has like the same kind of tenor to it. Right. Yeah. And except for like, this is like one that like actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't know. Like, what did you interpret it as? And then I'll tell you what I interpreted it as. So I love you for free means that I love you so much that I like, cause they don't do anything about it. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, usually like in movies, when you see like this big scene where they confess their love to each other, it's like, okay, that means like we have to do this. Like that means now like this is my one, but the idea that you can love someone, but w- wonder that you're not, like he doesn't think he's the best for her. He doesn't want to mess it up. Yeah. So he's 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 willing to let her go. So he's like, I don't like. Just because I love you doesn't mean you owe me anything. Yeah. Like this is like I'm telling you I love you because I have to tell you I love you for free because you are someone that needs to know that you deserve you have my love. Not that you even deserve it, but yet you have my love. Um, I'm giving it to you, but that's it. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's beautiful. And actually, when you say because I hadn't thought about the last part, like, so that you know that you not deserve, but you have my love. Like for a character like Lainey, that's so important because she's she's yeah. with this guy who withholds yeah. any sort of emotional affirmation with the emotional yeah. connection. She constantly feels rejected, even though he always calls her back. Right. And so to. Yeah. And so like the sex is tied to trying to get the approval from this guy. Right. But with Jake, mm-hmm, totally. it's like you have my love and we've never even touched each other. You have my love and I don't expect you to come crawling back to me. You have my love, but I know you're going to go to Michigan. Like. You're, it's totally yeah, unrestrained, exactly. you know, as opposed yeah, to her, like yeah. her relationship with Matt, where she's trying to constantly get love by giving him everything of herself all the time, you know, everything of herself. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work. She said just before just before that, she says that, you know, he didn't choose me. Yeah. You know, because she's, you know, upset because I because I think when they were sleeping together, he was with this like his wife, but they hadn't gotten married. Yeah. But he then told like he told Lainey, like, oh, I am getting married. And then she sees that you know, this is like a thing that he's chosen everything about this life with his wife, right? With her being pregnant. So she tells Jake, he didn't choose me. And then Jake is like, but you never asked him to. But which I find interesting because it's like, she, to your point, like she really wanted Sobachek to pick her, to have her be his one, his like partner in, in public. And she did everything. She gave everything of herself to do that. And Jake is like, I love you for free. Um, I choose you, but that doesn't mean any that you don't have to do anything with that. Just know that you have that, yeah. you know, and I choose you and you didn't even have to ask me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so good. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I see it kind of similarly, except for I guess I almost see it as like a broader like question, which I always think about, which is because like, you know, and I've had this conversation with friends, like sometimes you 
because I've been obsessed with many a men. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't even know if they're worth it. I think society, like Jake would come in and say society has like pushed that, right? Who, first of all, who hasn't been obsessed with many and men? <laughs> well, like, who, people who aren't attracted to, be... to men, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you're, of the people that are attracted to men contingent, who hasn't had a bit of an obsession? Yes. And the thing that, the interesting thing though, and I say this really like with all sincerity they're not worthy they're of the not obsession. They're not worthy. That's why I actually All think- of them are doofuses. Yes. They're so, all of them are doofuses. I say this with people that I love yes. that are men. Yes. They're all doofuses. Yes. But I, but I, in those obsessions, I like, I think that there's a moment that really clicked for me when I got older. Cause I think I was constantly yeah. looking, like I, I'm a little bit of a laney. I was constantly looking for someone to pick me, choose me, wanting to yeah. be the- per- Love me. Love me. Right, yeah. Meredith Gray. <laughs> yes. Meredith Gray. <laughs> Pick me. Choose me. Choose Love me. me. Love me. <laughs> Shonda, you will pay for your crimes. <laughs> but I was constantly looking for that because, you know, we don't need to get into deep therapy, but we'll do a little sprinkling of therapy. Right, it was time. We had avoided it, but here we are. <laughs> you know, as a young, what, black woman growing up in a oh, predominantly God. white environment, like, I'm going to be real. I was never the girl who was chosen, right? I was never the, like, mm. it was always about the girl who was blonde and could fit into Abercrombie size zeros. <laughs> like, it was always about girls who didn't look like me, right? And so I never mm. felt like I would ever be chosen, right? Like, I was always going to kind of sit mm. on the sidelines until I got somewhere where, like... Be a spectator. Yeah, yeah, yeah until yeah. someone appreciated me. And so I think that translated into the way I did relationships. I was always fixating on a guy, hoping that finally, like, if he decided that I would be his girlfriend, I would get that, like, validation that, like, I never wow. got. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, real, right? Yeah, keep it real. <laughs> keep though. it real. This that. is what this podcast yeah. is for. Um, That's right. And so I realized later on in life that all this, like desperately wanting guys or a specific guy really wasn't about that guy it was like finally getting that seal of approval that I had equated Mm. with being someone's girlfriend and you know that's obviously Mm. very much um promoted or promulgated by rom-coms and all this stuff right and so but then there was a moment when I got older where I was like it just became about, first of all, I just like didn't need that approbation anymore. I don't know. Something happened. Um, something, I think, something I think turning 30 helped a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly, think so. I think I something think happens yeah. when the world tells yeah. you you're out, out to pasture that you're just like, fuck it. Right. Um, yeah. But I also, th- but it made, it changed the way I saw like encounters with men. So I think before, if I would have like a connection with a guy, like a love connection, I'd be like, okay, so how are we going to make it work? Like, am I going to be your girlfriend when? And then when I got older, yeah. I was just like, you know, not every sort of romantic connection needs to be actualized as a relationship. It doesn't need to be expressed yeah. as a relationship. Sometimes you can appreciate yeah. the connection or the love or the, you know, the, the, chemistry. the chemistry just yeah. for its own sake without kind the of sex, putting, uh, yeah, yeah, without putting it yeah. in the box of a relationship, right? Like you, yeah. every, like romantic connection can just have a value in itself. And I think that's, so that's me projecting very heavily on I love you for free. But I thought it was like, I love you. Like I, it is what it is. I have these feelings for you and it doesn't necessarily have to manifest as this like one sanctioned way of like being together. Right. Or like, Mm -hmm. like it could be just love Mm -hmm. for love's sake. Right. Um, and so like what, when I, I love you for free, when I heard that line, it was just like, yeah, like this is not about us kind of, you know, fitting into the girlfriend boyfriend box and that, and then it definitely Mm -hmm. becomes that. Right. But it's not about like kind of, the one way like what society says love should look like it's just kind of like 
the feeling is there and you have it and it doesn't need to be tethered to anything or constrained by anything. It's just, yeah. is. And so that's kind yeah. of what I saw it as. Yeah. And, no, I like that a lot. And she even I has like a line where like... she says, thank you for teaching me to love someone. Right. So it's the experience yeah. of loving beyond. Yeah. Like, like how to love someone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. I, I do think that there is something that comes as getting older. I think maybe it was 30 where you realize that not every, like not every date, that you have not every sort of romantic encounter not every hookup yeah if you will, like not everything has to lead to um something beyond that like it can just be like a nice like sort of time yes was had yes. by all what a way that my mother would say that <laughs> a nice time was had you know what i mean like you had a nice time with this gentleman if you will at one point you hung out it was like a couple of dates or you know a month or so like and it doesn't have to be that that was your forever person because there are so many people in the world, right? There's over 7 billion people in the world. Like you can have encounters and like connect with so many different types of people. And then you decide like, you know, maybe this one will be it. Maybe it won't be, but you like, like, I, I think part of it is like the beauty of it is in the trying yeah, and not having it to, ha- like you said, fit one sort of mold. And okay, this is the long-term like partner relationship mold slash marriage mold with, you know, two and a half kids and a dog or a cat, like all that sort of stuff. And I think you do get socialized. I think Jake would say this. Yeah. You do get socialized a lot as a woman to think that every sort of like, it's almost like if you're having sex with someone, if you're hooking up with someone, you can't just be that you're doing it just to enjoy that experience. It should be that. The goal needs to to be. Yeah. Something deeper than that, because like, why are you giving of yourself in that way? Um, and it's very hard, like, and you know, you can have a different perspective of that, of that, like for some people, like it has to be tied to a relationship and that's fine for some people it doesn't like there are different ways, but being able to be free of what society requires you to be, as long as you're making those choices with not within a vacuum, but for what you feel comfortable with. And I think it's, it, you get the chance to sort of think a little bit more about what you want rather than falling into like what someone said in your twenties you had to do. So. Yeah. And then I also think, you know, and this is, you know, you're talking about sex, which is actually very true, but like, because in some ways it's like, okay, I can just give of myself in one way, which is sexually, but I'm not giving all yeah. my mind, all my mental real estate yeah. in another way. Right. Yeah. But then I yeah, think or emotionally, emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think like even just the, the strong feeling, because I think sometimes when I fall for people, I fall like hard right like if hard. I really fall yeah and I, I've always when I'm into it it's like yeah and I've always seen that yeah. as a liability but I think the I love you for free kind of flips it back and it's like there, it's like a privilege to have those feelings yeah. it's a privilege to feel that yeah. like there's something magical yeah. about it and if you and to have to and to receive that from and someone, to receive honestly. that from someone and so like yeah you know you sometimes I tend to see it as a failure if it didn't result in like the you know the relationship the ring the whatever but yeah. I love you for free is just like love in itself is a beautiful privilege you know yeah yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly so that's us being romantics I know I know who knew it was possible on this <laughs> romance podcast because usually we're very like skeptical about a bunch of things yeah. I, say, I am <laughs> but I like what I liked about I think that like we've seen the themes of this of, of the movies we've had and done this season so far it seems that love is always about finding someone you want to hang out with all the yeah. time and like that and so this like epitomizes it right like we saw that with plus one um we're see, we saw, I mean, we saw that with four weddings and a funeral. I don't know why they want to hang out with each other all the time, but they really <laughs> kinda, want to. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of, it seems like. But, like, it just seems to me that, like, the movies that you and I have enjoyed and really gushed over yeah. so far that we've done is, like, that sort of, like, the person that you want to spend all your time with yeah. and not get bored of. Um, and that's definitely Jake and Lainey. 
Okay. Yeah, All right. So we're ending on that. Uh, so that was sleeping with other people. Do you want to get into the HEAs? Yeah, I'll do mine first. I didn't read yet again. I have a very busy life. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> like I just do it's it's chaos um what I did find time to do was watch a perfect pairing on Netflix have you seen I haven't movie? I've seen the trailer though is it any good it's enjoyable okay um it's it's like in the vein of like you know uh what is it called falling in love oh is it part or... of that maybe that falling in love cinematic universe I hope it, it is well it doesn't have our girl Vanessa oh that's a shame what is her name, Vanessa? Why did I just me, say that? Me, I, know, I think her character. But wasn't her character's name Vanessa? I thought her character's name was Vanessa. I don't know. I don't. You know what? I I'm getting into a place. I'll be honest. Where I think I started just merging all these like ethnically ambiguous oh, no. like like <laughs> because this movie stars Victoria Justice, who I think looks like Vanessa. No, the 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 high school musical one. Hudgens. Hudgens. Yeah. She kind of does. So, see, you said Vanessa Vanilla. There's Vanessa. She's Vanessa Lachey. Yeah, Lachet, sorry. Right? She's Vanessa I'm just, Lachey I'm, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just mixing yeah, all of them yeah, up. Yeah. Anyway. But, you know, and I apologize to the ethnically ambiguous community. <laughs> um, <and> so, <laughs> but... But this one doesn't star um, our girl, Christina Villian, and instead stars Victoria Justice, mm-hmm. who is very good. I think she came out of the Nickelodeon. Yeah, oh my God, I love Victoria Justice. She was on Victorious on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it does have the guy from Falling in Love, who is like a really hot white guy. He's Australian. What's his name? Adam something or other? Let me is it Adam Demos? No. It's- yes, it's Adam Demos. Yeah. Who was um, also on Sex Life. Have you seen that show on Netflix? Oh, I haven't seen it. Is it good? It's enjoyable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he he's great abs. He, he has a great he's torso. Very, yeah, he has great yeah, abs. he does. He's great he body. body is great. Beautiful yeah. body. Um, but, I mean, there's not much to say. It's just, like, basically a woman who, like, works at a wine distributor. Ooh, so, you know, a different get, like, job. Okay, all right. We don't see that A different that job. All right. Who, yeah, her boss is like abusive and terrible and her her friend at work steals her ideas and she's just taken for granted at work. So she decides to quit, which was a very like liberating. I got to say that moment she quit I, that I felt that one. So she ended up um, she decides to like, go out on her own and like start like like bag like a big winery in Australia somewhere right and so she like she gets into you know and encouraged by her father she like gets an Airbnb near like the because there's this woman who owns a winery it's like a family winery and so she decides I'm gonna get an Airbnb at the like they have like a ranch adjacent to the winery I'm gonna stay Mm. there and then I'm gonna convince her because I know about wine and ah, I love wine and so she goes there um, but the woman is like, you're like a nobody. Like, I can't entrust you with my why. Like, I, I, you're a non-entity. What are you talking about? And, and then this hot guy um, who's who like works at the ranch, it turns out he's like a sheep farmer. This is the Adam DeVos' character. I don't even remember their actual character names because it's not yeah, important. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but he, so he, then they find out like, ooh, one of the sheep farmers is like not around like he's like a flake and so she's like i will sheep farm for two weeks and if i farm very well then you'll take on my wine account or something like wow that's the most ridiculous premise 
straining credulity. (laughs) (laughs) So she decides, and she's, like, learning how to sheep farm. Meanwhile, Adam, Demos' character, is, like, kind of, you know, so they have, like, the montage where she's like, I'm falling in the mud. I can't sheep farm. And then she's getting better. And he's like, hmm, she's determined, you know. And she starts becoming friends with the other sheep farmers, and she's fitting in. They're singing together, whatever. They fall in love. There's some reveal about his connection to the winery, it's a, it's, a, it's like a paint by numbers okay movie. but i did but i did enjoy it mostly because he's very hot they have good chemistry there's lots of wine flowing there's beautiful australian scenery it's just it's amazing okay so got it okay a perfect pairing on netflix all right so my yeah. hea this week is a reread a book i've read a few times i think i've talked about this with um nana before and another friend of ours from college um in our like romance novel group chat um, but it's by Tessa Bailey. It's called Getaway Girl. It's one of her older books. I've told Nana before that Tessa Bailey writes some of the best sex scenes I have seen in yeah. romance. And Nana, this book does not. Oh, wait, can I avenge myself really quickly? Oh, God, with what? <laughs> okay. I also did read, but I read the book that you recommended uh, last time, which was the the one about like you only live once or just live whatever. The oh, I don't one... even remember. What did I recommend? I've forgotten. The one uh, where the the girl has, like, the thing in her family where she's going to die, and so she, like, has the baby. Oh, yeah. Life's yeah. too short. I read that. Life's that was phenomenal. Short. Life's, too, Life's short. too short. Life's too short. It's phenomenal. I told you it was so I will say okay. I read. See? You guys, yeah, listen. My recommendations are great. You see, Donna read my recommendation last <laughs> yeah. time. There you go. Okay, yeah. yeah. That is a good redemption arc Okay, career. now you... That's a good redemption arc for you. I'm glad <laughs> you did that. You need to avenge yourself. Because the perfect pairing was really... I don't think it was going to really win it. So I'm glad you did that. <laughs> I <don't. laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna keep it with you. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. So let me start over. Okay. Tessa Bailey, one of my famous, fav- famous, one of my favorite contemporary romance novel authors out there. I've told Nana and another friend of ours um, from college that I really like her stuff. She's probably my favorite as it stands. Uh, but I like her older stuff better. So I reread this week. Getaway Girl, which has some of the best sex scenes. I think it's even better than the sex scenes I've seen in her most recent novels um, that I've seen mm-hmm. in the rom-com. And Nana, there is nipple play. So you know. I, know, I really love a, good, a book with nipple play. So the premise is basically this. Uh, Addison's, Addison Potts, you know, is sort of like the sort of disowned cousin of like a very like rich Southern family. And so she gate crashes her cousin's wedding to this like political sort of like heavyweight who's like the mayor in this like town. And then we find out that her cousin has left this guy, Elijah, this very hot politician, Elijah, who's like the, mm-hmm. you know, the first son of a big politician family at the altar. And so he doesn't want to get oh, embarrassed. No. So he like, uh, doesn't want people to keep telling that they feel bad for him. So he jumps in her car and they like rush off together and she takes him to her apartment basically. And then this starts a story where they like end up bonding and falling in love, except she's like the white trash, you know, sort of like disowned cousin yeah. of this like very like together Southern family. And this uh, movie, this book is all about there. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but it's all about their connection as they fall more and more in love with each other. And she's worried because at this time he's like actually like actively running for re-election as mayor, but that's to build upon him running ultimately as senator for their state. I think they're in South Carolina, maybe I'm not sure. Um, and it's just it's beautiful. Their chemistry is great. 
Uh, he has like all these people that are judging him in the towns in one of those small Southern towns. So their account saying like, oh, uh, Elijah DuPont's Montgomery, because of course that's, the, oh, sorry, Elijah Montgomery DuPont, because that's the type of name you have when you're like a Southern, you know, mm-hmm. a big, you know, Southern politician type person. It's like, how many slave owners' names can we fit into So many, name? so many, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like, how can he fall in love with Addison Potts? That's not the woman that we want to be the first lady of our town. Because she's like, she's from New York. She's only in town because her grandmother like died and she's having to run like her grandmother's like Christmas like uh, bizarre sort of like stall that she had. And like, you know, that was the only person in her family that really... Um, that really seem to love her. There's this like sort of plot where it's possible that like, so, oh, the, the interesting thing, why there's a huge scandal, why she's the black sheep of the family, because her mom who uh, slept with her cousin's um, dad before like her, um, her cousin's parents got married basically. And so they, she like slept, her mom slept, like was sort of like tried to steal her cousin's man or something like that essentially. And then the cousin was like, no, I'm still marrying him. You can't do that. So she marries him anyway. And so there's this bad blood that spills to Addison and, you know, the daughter Mm. of this pairing. And it's possible that Addison and this cousin are cousins and also half sisters. So it's like very like, yeah. Um, But anyway, it's, it's a, it's a delightful read. I just like for a second, you lost me. And I was like, Addison and Elijah are no, real Southern Gothic here. No, (laughs) no, no. Elijah was going to marry her cousin, Addison's cousin. And Addison turns out might be the half sister of this woman that ran and left the very hot Suwini politician at the at the altar because there was a there's a previous generation with a love triangle and so it's like history's repeating themselves there's like a love triangle with two cousins and a man one cousin wins him now there's their their daughters are having the same love triangle with another man which cousin's gonna win this time this this feels so incestuous and confusing it was delightful it was delightful i swear (laughs) i'm just not saying their names correctly but you guys should read it getaway girl by tessa bailey it's like i actually I think it's a book that actually sometimes is on is for free on Amazon. I, I I got it for free actually a few years ago and read it and like fell in love. Uh, but it's really good, best sex scenes I've seen in a contemporary romance novel in years. So check it out, guys. Okay, yeah. So guys, I'm gonna say life's too short is my HEA. We're gonna forget about it. <laughs> And then, she's, <laughs> and then and getaway girl is being uh, <laughs> You really are trying to redeem yourself. <laughs> it was okay. I will say you said it, it was, was enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> it was definitely enjoyable. <laughs> I didn't do it justice. I didn't want to spoil. I know. Listen, I you guys. Listen, it. I didn't do getaway girl justice with the convoluted cousin love triangles happening two generations <laughs> in a row. But guys, check it out. It's so good. Anyway, that's our show. Thanks, Rom Squad. Yay. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.